Welcome back to the podcast, you guys, with Moira Kasaba. You get me today, solo episode, who knows what number. There's a lot of them now. I am super passionate about the topic that I want to talk to you about today, and you're going to probably hear it in a little bit of a different framework than you've usually heard it. So it's the 80-20 principle or the 80-20 rule. Um, Funny enough, I actually just read a book last week called, gosh, I think it's the 80-20 principle. And it it is nothing what I'm going to talk about today. (laughs) It's actually the opposite. So I kind of want to give you a little bit of an overview here. We hear 80-20 when it comes to food, right? We hear that a lot. And I really believe in the philosophy of eating 80% healthy, nutritious, amazing foods for our body so that we can enjoy the 20% that is kind of more fun, fun food, right? So that's that's one regard we hear probably the most common about the 80-20 rule. And I definitely believe in that. And a little side note on the nutrition piece, um, if you feel like you kind of live along those lines, I know a lot of times, um, and this is a total side tangent into nu- a nutrition tip, There's a lot of times where I feel like, gosh, I'm not doing anything different. I'm I'm eating 80-20 like I always do. Like, why have I gained a few pounds or why don't I feel good in my body? And then I actually put pen to paper. Pen to paper is everything. And when I do that and I really bring intention and awareness to what I'm actually eating, it's more like a 60-40. So if you're struggling and you're like, yeah, uh, I believe in 80-20, but it's not working for me. I just want to encourage you when it comes to food to write it down for a few days and and really see where those percentages have probably started to slide. Um, The other 80-20 is the exact opposite, right? And this is the book that I read last week and, and it comes, it's kind of more around business. And for example, if we're talking about a sales team, It's the philosophy that 80% of the bottom line is going to be moved by only 20% of the workforce, right? Or, you know, a a huge percentage of what moves the needle in our business boils down to the smaller side, the 20%. Like only 20% of our actions actually need to, to be focused on to move the needle. And instead of focusing on the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90% and doing all the things, we need to focus more on what is the 20% that's really moving the needle in our business and creating a lot more time for that. So there's lots of different philosophies out there, right, about the 80-20. But today, I'm going to focus on something that's super um, just real in my own life and in my own business and the women that I mentor And it's this philosophy. It's the 80% good, 20% bad, right? So it when I say that, I I really had this huge, huge realization probably almost 10 years ago. I was doing some work with Darren Hardy. And in one of his like journal workbooks that I was doing, he talked about an interview that he he had with Joel Osteen. And I went and found the book and everything right before I was recording this. And this is what it says. He says, this is what Joel Osteen said to him. He said, our romantic partners usually fulfill about 80% of our needs. Most people, however, focus on the 20% that's missing. Thus, they ultimately become unhappy and unfulfilled. Sadly, many people will leave their relationships to find that 20% in someone else. What they find is that that new person will also fulfill only about 80% of their needs. 
They're just different needs and expectations from the last partner. Like mind blown, right? I was mind blown. And I really, really, really believe that to be true. And so in our romantic relationships or even in our friendships, right, the key is to focus on the 80% that's right, that's amazing, that's wonderful about your relationship with that person instead of we are just so freaking programmed as a society to hyper-focus on the negative. And it's a lot of the work that I do. You know, it's a lot of the Rise Planner, the Book of Proof. That is flexing the muscle every single day in a very short morning process that's going to start to rewire your brain to focus on the good instead of the negative, right? The 80% good instead of the the 20% that's, that's bad. And so when I had that aha 10 years ago, and thank goodness for my husband, I started focusing on the 80% good. It changes everything, right? It changes everything. And I remember actually walking into a Tony Robbins event one time um, and I saw something hanging on the wall and, oh, I'm going to forget the quote. Um, oh, uh, it'll, it's not coming to me right now, but it, it kind of said the exact same thing, right? To focus on you know, all of the good things about the relationship when we, we kind of go into dealing with our marriage or dealing with our business with just this huge problem at hand. And we are hyper-focused on that 20%, but we're focused on it a hundred percent of the time. Does that make sense? And when you realize that the grass isn't greener, the, the next relationship isn't going to be any better. I mean, there are certain situations, don't get me wrong, but there are, you're just going to be exchanging, right? It's just going to be a simple exchange for a different 20% of problems. The 20% is always, always, always going to be there. And the reason this came up so huge to me last week was one of my, um, the women that I mentor, I was working with her and she was struggling with this, you know, task in her business that is so necessary and absolutely like you got to do this thing if you're going to build this in the direction that you want to build it, if you're going to build the momentum that you want to build, if you're going to build the team that you want to build, like these actions you have to take, right? And she's like, oh, I can't stand that part and I'm really struggling and I've got a wall up and I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. But here's the thing. That's a small percentage. That probably in in the business that she's in, that's more like 10% of the 100, right? But we allow the 10% to put a wall up and to make us, you know, not take action. We're we're sitting there stuck in inaction and we can't get past it because we can't, we don't understand that like, we're, we're kind of living in a fantasy world of like, if I did this thing over there, like it would all be great. No. No, the thing that you think is better, the the relationship that you think is better, the the other job that you think is better, the other role that you think is better, it has the same exact 20%, right? The 20% is there. It's just going to be different things. And what was so interesting as I was mentoring her, I think that was like we had a call on maybe a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Well, Thursday night... I find myself in this situation with my own business wanting 
to pull my hair out. Like anger and frustration and my mind saying things like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just, I hate this. And I was like, wait a second. (laughs) The 20% is always going to be there at whatever level of success you get to. So say that you achieve the next level of success and you don't have to do that 20% thing that you hate right now. There is going to be a brand new 20% that drives you insane. And it reminds me of, I think it's um, Gary Vee that always says like embrace the suck. You just got to realize that there's always going to be a piece of the pie that sucks. And usually it's the, mo- it's the piece of the pie that moves, moves the needle the most, right? So I think it's just bringing that awareness to no matter where we go, no matter how much success we have, no matter how much we climb up the ladder of income or success, no matter what, we can think of, oh, if I didn't have to do this anymore and I could have this dream job over here, I can guarantee you if you ask the person that's living your dream job, that's working your dream job right now, there is at least 20% of that role that they hate, that it is hard for them, right? And I know a lot of times we think, yeah, but when I get to that level, I will have the, the finances and the resources to outsource the things that I hate, right? Which is a smart business move. I mean, you shouldn't, you, you definitely don't want to always be doing the things that you hate. That's not what I'm saying. You want to be doing the things that you love and that are, you know, allow you to be in that flow state and allow you to be kind of in your zone of genius and all of that. But no matter what, even if we outsource, you know, all of the things that we can think of that we don't want to do or that we're not good at, there will always be a piece of your role that is necessary for you and only you to deal with and you and only you to do that is going to be hard. That is going to be something you don't like. So it also reminds me of, I'm like thinking of all these books right now, um, the book Eat That Frog, you know, do the thing that you hate the most first in the morning because that, gosh, that does so much, right? It gets the biggest, hardest task out of the way. It builds grit within you instantaneously because you just did the hard thing first. And if you did the hard thing, the easy stuff's going to be that much easier. But you've got to put systems in place where you can tackle that task that you keep pushing off, that you keep procrastinating on, that you keep pushing to the end of the to-do list and then it doesn't get done. And then the next day, you know, the weight is heavier and the next day the weight gets even heavier and it just becomes this monkey on your back of this thing that you absolutely hate to deal with. I'm telling you, our our brains are, are plastic, right? They're, we can they are, and I say plastic as in neuroplasticity, we can rewire our brains. And I can remember 10 years ago, um, dealing with like a part of my role that I really didn't like. And I just kept being burdened by it. And it felt like a monkey on my back. And I just kept not doing it, right? (laughs) Even though it was like the most important thing to do. And I was working with a life coach at the time and she had me create a different story around it, right? So there's, there's a piece of that, that if we're talking about a role at work, create a different story around it, you know, create 
a different uh, ritual around it. I remember back in the day, like loving, I still love my morning cup of coffee, like love to sit down and just, ah, it's just a magical moment in my day. If you're looking for some more in-depth training on mindset practices and how to create your vision, how to reverse engineer your goals, how to craft your morning process, all of the things that I'm super passionate about, you guys, the Rise Up course is where it's at. It is literally my lifetime, my mind in a course, every single tip, strategy, and hack that you could possibly ask me about is in this course. So jump into the show notes right below and you'll see the the link for the Rise Up course and my Rise Up planner, and you guys can rise up with us. And she was like, okay, we're going to couple this task that you hate with your morning cup of coffee. And I'm like, no, you're going to ruin my cup of coffee. But I created a new story around it. I created a new energy around it where, you know, I shifted from, I have to do this to, I get to do this. I get to do this because this thing that the, the outcome of this work that I don't want to do is going to be beautiful. And this thing that I get to sit down and do is going to lead me to everything I want in this business and everything I want in life and the relationships I want to build and the people I want to surround myself with. And I get to sit down in the morning with a yummy cup of coffee and I get to do that. I get to do that. And I was focused on you know, the outcome of my business as a result of that work and doing the work that I didn't want to do. And and it really quickly shifted to this, I get to. The next thing that happens once you force yourself to kind of get through the suck, right? To actually do it every single day, every single day you do it, it becomes way easier, like 10,000 times easier. And so this thing that is pressing on you, this monkey on your back, this wall that you have in regards to an action that you need to be taking consistently, it starts to become habit and it starts to become no big deal. And you start to think, what in the world? Why was this such a big deal? I know that might be hard to believe wherever you are and where whatever's got you stuck, but the more you just take action on it and do it no matter what, first thing in the morning... It's going to become much more effortless as time goes on. I actually had this experience with um, just in regards to, you know, this is a lot of how we rewire our brains and create habits. I um, have a mastermind call with like my, my top leaders every Monday morning for 30 minutes and we hold each other accountable to certain things. And I had slipped into the bad habit of this is so opposite of what I always teach and preach, but this was like, it happened for like probably a few weeks. I started watching Netflix for like 30 minutes before I went to bed. Um, and nothing negative, right? Nothing, I will not watch anything dark or negatives in the least, but it was just certainly not growth oriented. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, it's hard to get out of this habit that just was so quickly, quickly created. And having a mastermind and having a group of people that you're saying, I'm going to hold myself accountable to this. I want you guys to hold my, to hold me accountable to this. What happened was insane because the first few nights I got in bed, picked up my phone, literally out of habit without consciously thinking about it, clicked open the Netflix app. And then I remembered, and I was like, crap, 
and I keep my promises to people, right? I keep my promises to people more than I keep my promises to myself. And so it, it felt like, like my insides were turning like inside out. You know what I mean? Like where you're kind of crawling out of your skin. I was like, oh, close the Netflix app. It was like hard. And I was like, pick up the book next to the bed, right? The book feel like felt like it weighed a thousand pounds because this is a brand new habit. And I'm trying, I'm trying to literally rewire something back in my brain. And so I picked up the book very begrudgingly, read it begrudgingly. The next night, did the exact same thing, but with a lot less effort, right? It was a lot more easeful to just be like, crap, forgot. I'm not supposed to watch Netflix. I told them I would read every night. <sighs> so I read my book and I, I enjoyed it. And the next night, I was actually excited to read when I got into bed. And what's happened in the last two weeks is, I've st- I, um, this was in my newsletter this week, I downloaded the... Um, Headway app. And I started listening to one book a day in the morning. You can do that in 15 minute increments on the Headway app. So I started listening to a book a day in the morning. I'm reading at night. And this weekend, when it's the weekend, right? You're like, that's when you watch movies and fun stuff. I, I was watching documentaries all weekend. Like I couldn't get enough of them because I started to wire in my brain this new habit of really craving knowledge and craving like mindset, just, you know, the ahas after ahas and the ideas coming into my brain. And I started, I I rewired that habit. So I created this new hunger of my mind, right? That quickly, like literally in a week, it's been two weeks total. But that first week, I just saw this entire momentum shift after white knuckling through the new habit that felt like the suck, right? Felt like the 20% that I can't freaking stand. I don't want to do this. That's how quickly we can shift our behaviors, which completely shifts our outcomes in life. So embrace the suck, you guys. There is, just remember, there is going to be 20% if you're, and and what you got to do is just get yourself out of the headspace. And I hope this awareness allows you to do that to get yourself out of the headspace that you don't like what you're doing because you want to be doing something else or you don't like who you're in a relationship with because you think this perfect person exists or this perfect job exists or this perfect friend exists. There is so much good. There is so much good to your job. There is so much good to your spouse. There is so much good uh, in regards to your friendships and your children. When we focus on that and bring awareness to that and speak life over that, that's our life experience. That's what we, that's what we feel every day. And I'll just end on this note. I um, know how incredibly real this is with our kids too, especially if you have teenagers And something I've done a lot over the years, and I actually had my husband sit down and do this last night. Um, Whenever I'm frustrated with my kids and I feel like I'm just coming down on them and that 20% is like all I can see, right? The 20% is like glaring neon strobe lights and I'm so frustrated because you're not being responsible. You're not taking initiative. You can't clean your room. And it's like, what about the 80%? What about the fact that 
you know, my kids got up and worked out before school or that they are responsible enough to get all their schoolwork done without me asking or the fact that they go hard. They, they're in school all day and then, you know, they go to practice and games every night and they show up for everything. Like there's so much good. And I so often am not seeing any of that. And I am just harping on them about that 20% that I think is so terrible. And guys, there is no quicker way to fracture a relationship with your children than highlighting every single thing they're doing wrong. So what I had my husband do last night, and just because I know this has worked for me, I write out a vision for my kids. And I always make the joke, or I used to always make the joke, it's, it's kind of come true, so it's not even a joke anymore. But back in the day, so my son is your typical boy, you know, can't remember anything, walks out of the house with like, you know, where's my shirt? Where's my shoes? I don't know where my homework is. Grab my lunch. And it's just like, oh my gosh, hot mess express. And in my vision many, many years ago, I wrote down, Finn is so wise. He's he's just an old soul and he has so much wisdom and patience and he does this and he does that. And when I used to tell people this, I know a lot of moms were sitting there thinking like, must be nice. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. That is not my son, right? That is the opposite of who he is, but that's who I would like him to be. And not that it's about, you know, making our children who we want them to be. That's not what I'm saying, but that's what I wanted to see in him. Because I knew that was in there somewhere. There were pieces of that, right? And so every morning when I would read that, when I would read the vision I would have for, I'm just using my son as an example because I do this for my daughter as well. When I would read that, guess what? That's what I would see. When I would read the 80% that I knew was there, that's what I would notice. I would notice when he just got his homework done without asking. I would notice the good grade he got on the test that I didn't even know he had. I would notice him, you know, playing full out at the baseball game that night. I would notice him showing up in leadership on the team. But when I am focused on that 20% and frustrated, all of that goes away. All of it goes away. So the second part of this exercise with the 80-20 for your children or anyone in your life, this can go for a spouse, friendship, business partner, every single day, every single day, write down something or multiple things that you see in the 80%. Write down the good, highlight the good, bring your attention to it. The more attention you bring to those qualities and those actions that you want to see in your spouse or your child, the more you are going to end up just automatically pulling that out of them, speaking life over it, calling attention to it. And the more they're just going to become that person and the less friction you're going to have. And gosh, you guys, this is just so real when we're talking about our kids. Um, and just one very personal note, it's funny because we were very frustrated with one of our children <laughs> not that long ago. And we have a parenting uh, expert friend, like who's written all the books and everything. And I remember talking to my husband, I was like, will you call him? 
we need to go for coffee. Like I am at my wits end. And we sat down. Um, and I'm just remembering this as I'm saying this. Um, when we sat down, we kind of explained like, this is what's going on. And we're so frustrated and we don't know what to do. And, you know, it wasn't anything super bad. It was just that every day wanting to pull your hair out with your teenagers. And he looked at me and he said, you know, exa- you know, you know exactly what to do. You're just not seeing it and you're not doing it. And I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know. And I was like, what? Tell me the answer. I don't know how to handle this. And he said two words, speak life, speak life. And I was like, but, but, but what about this behavior? And what about this behavior? And what about him being lazy? And what about it? You know, all the things. And he said, just ignore it, at least for a little while, and just focus on speaking life. Call out every single teeny tiny thing that you see him doing right, and just speak life. So guys, that's the 80%. That's how I live my 80% versus the 20%. And you know, those are the practices that I put into place in the mornings especially when I get to the point of, even if it was with, let's use the example of my work. If I was like, oh my gosh, I really think I can't do this anymore. I really don't think I want to do this work anymore. I would take a list out, take a piece of paper out or a journal, and I would remind myself every single day why I love what I do and the fruits of that labor and the things that I get to do because of it, not that I want to do. And I remind myself of all the things it brings into my life. And that's what I'm doing. I'm conditioning my brain every morning to focus on the 80 and not automatically focus on the 20. So that's it for today, guys. We will see you next week with an amazing guest. Until next time.